Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott back again for another episode of the Knollcast. Bud, as always, we'll thank our friends. Big shouts out to the good people at Tarpon Cellars Winery. Knollcast uh, is the cucumb code. 20% off is what you will receive when you go to tarponcellars.com. Uh, Bud's got a great hat there. I believe that's actually available on the website if you're watching this via our YouTube page. And uh, the tried and true Louisiana hot sauce. Three simple ingredients, one fantastic product. Two or three shakes to almost every meal makes uh, everything just a bit better. And a title sponsor of the Nullcast. And a big thank you to both of those sponsors. So, Bud, let's uh, jump into it. It's a week that we've got a lot to choose from, kind of a loose uh, show sheet from which to select from. But uh, let's get going. A little bit of recruiting. Talk about kind of some initial observations for spring now that we've had a day or two of pads on. Kids are off on spring break. This is kind of a decent little period of time to uh, take note of what we think we can learn or what we have learned and what we need to know more about. So uh, let's get into it. And with that, this will be tonight's Nolcast. Yeah, man. Uh, by the way, one, uh, one edit and correction from last show. We got a question about James Blackman and what it would take uh, to pass him on the all-time passer board. And I think I misread the question or misinterpreted the question as James Blackman being the all-time leader of Florida State, and uh, he's not the all-time leader of FSU passing. When we were having the conversation, uh, well, one, the question noted that he was in 11th place, and the whole conversation was about what it would take for a new candidate to get into the top 10. I knew when we were having that that I probably both of us didn't do a good enough job really clearing that up, that that's what we were discussing. Uh, but yeah, it's going to take, uh, I think, what, Chris Chris Winkie's 4,500 yards in front of him. I mean, it's, yeah. it's going to take yeah. an awful lot. But yeah, I went back and looked at those. Because it's March, I'll just throw a random curveball. Man, when you go look at the wide receiver uh, stats and you think that Ron Sellers only played 30 games at Florida State, it's still bonkers how many times that guy shows up in the wide receiver record. Uh, and it's not so, like they were chucking the ball around that no, much no. back in back in the day. <laughs> it is not at all. It is not at all. So obviously, uh, Fred Blitnikoff is the one who's the wards named after him. Uh, Florida State's had some great, great wide receivers, uh, but when you go back and look at that list, I think I think Sellers still to this day has either four or five of the largest wide receiver single game uh, production. Just ridiculous what somebody was doing in the late '60s at that position. But yeah, always want to clarify where we uh speak in too much you know broad or ambiguous uh phrasing and no james blackman is not florida state's leading career passer when did uh when did bullet bob hayes well he actually played for for uh for florida a&m that fam um, yeah yeah but bullet bob hayes if you guys want a little history lesson tonight i remember watching an nfl films thing on this uh he at one time was considered like the fastest man in the world because he had the 60 and 100 yard and the 220 yard and, and like the 100 meter uh, records, which is a you know, pretty nice force him to hold there. But he is credited, honestly. Uh, well, I'm sure they were doing this before beforehand a little bit, but he is credited for his career with the Dallas Cowboys as being the guy who inspired zone defenses. Okay, which is going to man cool. him up. Yeah, yeah, makes, makes sense. sense. Uh, so I thought that was. Uh, that was interesting. At mm-hmm. least some sources uh, credit that. So, which makes me wonder, how much zone defense do you th- do you think was being played in the '60s in college? Probably not that much. Mm-hmm. 
which could allow you to have incredibly big games if you were just an unstoppable force. If you were you're good enough to get down there, yeah. So Hayes looked like it would have been in the mid-60s. Uh, ran a cool 9-2 in the 100, uh, 100 yards, not meters, 100-yard uh, dash in 1962. So, yeah, he was uh, he was uh, picking them up and putting them down, certainly. He, he was. Uh, so, yeah, with that, let's go ahead and talk. Obviously, spring break's going on, so not a ton of football stuff, but some football stuff. Let's talk a little NIL here, both from the local, uh, state, and national level, uh, dealer's choice. We have uh, kind of three topics here. What, what, you you want to go local? You want to go, go statewide? You want to go national? What, what, where do you want to start? Uh, let's work national and work our way back back in. So did you see the whole uh, $8 million NIL deal that The Athletic wrote about that they're not naming the player? I saw that. I always love where they name the attorney, but not the player. Uh, got a kick out of that. Well, there's um, a reason. I mean, the, the yeah. attorney obviously wants to get publicity so he can get more, more guys to work with him. For the <laughs> Definitely. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. The kid signed away all of his NIL rights. Uh, reading this, like, I, I would be shocked if this is not Nico, the five star quarter, quarterback from California, mm-hmm. uh, who may be playing at Long Beach Poly this fall. Uh, I have a hunch. Let's call it that. <laughs> Uh, no coincidence. I was at the quarterback camp this weekend. It rolled through Orlando, so uh, that that was much of the talk there. And a couple things. One, like everybody's really happy for the kid, who of course is not being named, but we all know who it is, or at least we think we do, just given the circumstances that he's going through right now. So I'm I'm very happy he got the money. Uh, interesting that he signed away all of his rights for two million a year, eight million total for four years. Uh, I don't think it says anything in the deal as far as the athletic story that he has to stay in college. So it makes me wonder, like, if he's three and done, do they get all of his marketing rights as well as an NFL rookie? Right. Yeah, that would be be an incredible deal. Something that I wondered as well. I also, and you and I have talked about this, I think, both on the pod and certainly in private, uh, the old personal appearance Clause mm. written heavily throughout the NIL. That is the uh, show up at my birthday party we'll, for, we'll uh, for, for a cool 500K. That, that is, you will stay at Tennessee without us specifically stating in the contract that you'll stay at Tennessee, uh, which is fine. I mean, that's how these things are going to be phrased, worded, and written contractually. Or make initial, it very difficult for you to make some of these appearances. Right. Yeah. Uh, and play for make, an inter school. Like, make an appearance on Tuesday night in Knoxville and then, uh, you know, be back for Wednesday conditioning and, uh, yeah. Tuscaloosa or wherever else you might have been. I'll be honest with you. I did <laughs> I did what you might consider like the lazy reaction to this. I just read this and was like, Jesus, well, we're, you know, college football will be an 18 sport in 10 years or so, which I still think that's probably the be. direction we're headed. Uh, but look, um, as I think you pointed out in the previous podcast or certainly a recent podcast, you know, there's not too many places in sports. Like when I Look at European soccer, for example. Pep Guardiola makes about $20 million a year. He's the manager for Man City, which is one of the higher two or three spending clubs in European football right now. He's got three or four players that make more money than him. That's it? Yeah, that's it. I was surprised, actually. I thought it would be more. Yeah. Uh, But your your example of what? uh, Belichick makes 15. Mahomes is about to make 40, if he's not already. Yeah, Mahomes um, gonna make forty five. Belichick makes fifteen. It's so like the very best coach in the sport of pro football mm-hmm. makes a third of what the highest paid quarterbacks make. And obviously, Aaron Rodgers just signed his deal, so he's gonna get like fifty million a year. 
you know, and the drop off after Belichick is pretty steep too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Gruden yeah. was making like 10 1. And then there's a lot of NFL coaches who don't make anywhere near that. I, I, I like where you're going with this. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this spins out. I think, again, it's March. We can just kind of talk here out loud. It's interesting. I think three, four or five years ago, there was a quarterback locally here uh, to where I'm recording from that I think got somewhere in around a million dollars or so. And I think that was one of the first mm-hmm. people. If we're going from mid-2000-teens or whatever you want to call the most previous decade, I think we're five, six, seven years away from a million-dollar quarterback and we're spinning to an $8 million quarterback, which is okay. I mean, that's the place this is going to go. Because the um, money's legal. The money's legal. And it's it hard to give somebody $8 million over, over four years. Like, I don't I mean, think you're going to give the lacrosse coach $310,000 anymore, right? I mean, you're not just right. going to pump some of this silly money. Not everybody jokes about the chocolate fountains and waterfalls and slides and stuff. Dude, the silly money has permeated the entirety of athletic uh, Because it has to. It has to be spent. If you, you have act to act like you, you're a nonprofit entity, despite the fact you bring in a ton of money. You have to have a massive spend down. That's why we have to have an indoor facility and all this other stuff. Yeah. I mean, that, there's lightning involved with that, obviously. But I agree with you here. Like, would you rather have a five-star quarterback or Mike Norvell? Would you rather have Jameis or Jimbo? Right? Like, I've seen the results it. with both of them and without, with, without one another. <laughs> like, here's the deal. The difference in these coaches, for the most part, it ain't that big. Give me the five-star quarterback all day over whatever head coach you like, unless his name's like Nick mm-hmm. or specifically at Georgia Kirby, you know, then then maybe because they're they're the GM and the head coach as well in many cases. The players matter, man. They're they're more valuable to the organization on a year-by-year basis than the coaches are. I do think that we will probably see in some conferences a flattening of coach salaries because the difference is just not that big but the difference between the players at the top level is fairly big yeah i think your premier players your top 5 10 15 players uh, in a class are gonna the guys who would be drafted by nfl if, if they were actually eligible if they could draft them and stash if they could draft and stash for 18 months or something and let a kid develop yeah, yeah. um i think those guys are going to see nothing but i it's interesting i almost wonder if schools don't well, I don't know, man. This is a long. How much would you pay to get to get to get Manning? It's uh, got to be like fifteen million a year, right? Yeah, I mean, for, for all like publicity, he's going to bring to the school as well, right? And you've got, I mean, that kid's going to make. You've got some some schools with deep pockets already like invested in con- convincing themselves they're going to sign that kid, which is a great recipe for a, a good old uh, little bit of uh, good old bid war, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's probably a fifteen million dollar kid. Some of these a year, no, not uh, like as opposed to just the two thing. Well, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, a, if you're going to commit, I'd love to see where we are. If you're committing ten ten million dollars in year one to a kid, I think I think the name the name value on him is different. By the way, like specifically for him, like Nico could could make ten like be awesome for Tennessee. From day one, the name value, like if we actually talk, like I usually, when I say NIL, I just mean how much we want to pay this kid to play here, right? Like the NIL stuff's kind of fake. Like, okay, there's some of that. Like I'm sure the company signing his NIL rights is uh, excited about having the return on money spent. It's pay for play. 
Yeah. With the Manning thing, there actually is probably a pretty serious business opportunity there if you were to get his NIL rights. Certainly. Which I guess he probably won't sign over if I had, don't you think? Probably going to have a different, uh, his legal team's probably going to look at things a little different. Yeah. Especially if the Mannings launched that network that they're rumored to be launching. So, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think that's just where we're going. And uh, I mean, that's no bold proclamation for me. It's kind of obvious that's where we're going. It will be uh, fascinating to see how this scales. I think there's going to be NIL deals that we become aware of like this one. And then I think there's already been really significant deals that we're not aware of. And those are more across the roster. I've said this for a while. I think it's going to be a little bit of a, a chase where obviously you have these NIL deals where you're trying to get a quarterback from California and talking about, you know, two, five, eight million dollars, whatever. But then I also think like not every kid gets a bag dropped on. Them. And we've talked about that right. for forever. But I also think there's going to be a hell of an argument for some of these schools, particularly SEC schools that have the money that say, hey, look, when you're a member of the team straight off, every person on our team gets an $80,000 annual you know, uh, salary or something. Everybody on scholarship, please. Everybody yeah. on scholarship. Sure. All scholarship players. And that's going to be fascinating because that is the second, that is not as glamorous. It's not as, it won't do nearly as many hits for the athletic or whatever else, but this kind of base player minimum salary, I think is going to be incredibly influential and will be interesting to see how that evolves. Didn't Ole Miss uh, a couple months ago, Bud announced that they were going to give every scholarship athlete a eligibility yep. bonus or something like that. I mean, that that's, that's where we're headed. That's what's, that's what's paired with this. In addition to the, you know, massive uh, singular enticements for kids to come to school. Agreed. So, Let's take it. Let's take it hyper local here. Uh, you'll probably be hearing about some NIL stuff for Florida State uh, in like a day or two, maybe maybe as soon as Wednesday. I can tell you guys, I believe that's not actually the big one that's coming. Um, it's not affiliated with like the Rising Spear Group, and I, I think ultimately the Rising Spear Group is going to rise to the top uh, of the NIL uh, chain for a couple reasons. Number one, it's not a for-profit business. Right. Like it's actually being run by people who legitimately care about the school, who already donate a lot of money to the school. And uh, for that reason, I like I'm more confident that group has the best interest at heart of like the players in the school. Uh, but I think the rising spear thing will come a little bit later, you know, maybe, maybe a couple of weeks. So if you are somebody who is uh, like looking to donate to one of these NIL collectives, like on the fan side, not just the business side, maybe keep your powder dry for, I don't know, seven to 10 days. Let's, let's see what else comes about here. Um, but interesting times for sure there. That's about all I can say about that right now. But uh, I, I do think that the rising spirit will ultimately be the, 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 the biggest. So uh, Florida announced that they're not going to amend the NIL law uh, this year. That kind of sucks. Uh, Practical limitations. Kids in the state of Florida, high school wise, still can't get NIL deals uh, until they're in college. That is notably different than some other states like uh, California, right? Which kind of how we piece together some of that athletic piece. Um, it's one of like four or five states that can allow uh, NIL deals while you're still in high school. 
also can't ha- have the schools officially run any of this stuff. That's definitely an impediment, right? Uh, you have these these folks out there trying to do a good job with the NIL thing, really at all all the schools in the state. The like if you're a coach or an administrator in Tallahassee or Coral Gables or Gainesville, you're not allowed to talk to those people about any of that stuff at all. It's supposed to be like all hands off, all third party. I eventually I think they'll get this law changed. Just apparently not going to be uh, this year. We'll have to see if they can do any kind of in runs around this. Labeled me shocked, man. Labeled me shocked, and I'm not being a sarcastic, uh, you know, ass as I'm fond of being. Blown away, but that you wouldn't have political support to try to streamline this as quickly as possible in the state of Florida. Like the the comment from the Speaker of the House that this is just a race to bottom to get kids' cars or whatever. Wow. Okay. I mean that that is that is very surprising to me uh, that there wouldn't be more of a broader understanding that uh, if the schools in the state of Florida want to be competitive in the modern atmosphere, modern landscape, that this would need some altering. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. I, I certainly think that changes. Surprise, it hadn't changed already. Uh, real quickly, just want to touch on this. Not going to spend a ton of time on it. Not a whole lot of details that are known for sure. But Winston Wright, the guy that you and I are kind of desperately of the belief that this can be your number one wide receiver in a car accident yesterday in Savannah, or maybe it was Sunday, um, had to be taken to the hospital. Seem seemingly a leg injury, uh, according to the report that I read. Again, I don't know a ton of details, uh, but this could, you know, from a purely football perspective, and I think we can speak on that from reading, it looks like everybody's okay. But this is a tough one for Florida State. I mean, this has got to be your number one wide receiver, in my opinion, and we'll wait and see what it looks like. But that's not the, uh, you know, not the news bulletin that you want to see on the first day of spring break if you're Mike Norvell or anybody uh, associated with Florida State. I agree with that, man. I mean, I, look, all, all, all the best to, to, to Winston Wright. You, you hope for a, a speedy recovery, uh, you know, as, as a person. And then obviously, like as a fan of him as a player, you, you really hope that he's able to, uh, to make that speedy recovery and get back into conditioning or hell, may, maybe at this point, I don't know if he's, if you're going to see him in spring. I don't know that like, I'm just, I'm blind. Like, I, I'm just, I'm flying blind here on that. Like, what is going to happen there? I don't know. Uh, but, if, if the actual, like, obviously, like, you know, that nobody's in critical condition. So, like, that's great. If he has a serious injury, though, that is the most important development of spring. Hands like, down. All, this, all the stuff we're about to talk about is fine and great. And we will talk about it in a second. I think he ha- he's, like, the only guy in that receiving court that you brought in who's legitimately proven to be a good player at the college level. The other guys have some potential or some tool, but they're not proven good players. At all. And that's kind of an issue. And you open with LSU. Massive issue. Massive issue. Your your first meaningful game is against uh, LSU, certainly. S- checking on the New Orleans dining scene this af- just this afternoon. But I'm so, excited for that got game, it, man. Got that, it that's going to be a fun trip. Most definitely. Like, uh, that's a whole lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. That will be awesome. You want to go? Uh, I, I have a little, a little game here. I... I want to uh, want to play with you. It's called uh, Minds Changed and Hopes Confirmed. We are only like five days into practice, only a couple days of padded practice. Is there anything that you've seen or that your sources have told you that has made you change your mind uh, on something that we said in the previews? You guys can go back and listen to the spring previews. We dropped them like 
two weeks ago, or maybe uh, maybe a hope that you had taking this positively. I mean, you can do the minds change positively as well. Uh, like a hope you had, or maybe a question that you asked that you feel is already being answered in the affirmative. I think uh, two weeks ago, I said that at the time I was like, this is a hot take uh, that AZ Thomas may be a starter by game eight. Yeah, I think that's, I, I think anymore, that's, bro. Think that's, think that's like a, a soft take at this point. I mean, uh, maybe I should have been more bombastic with, with what I said. I mean, that guy has come in and impressed everybody. So maybe I'll label that as hoax confirmed, uh, or as long as you know some of the the pre practice chatter that was out there from within the coaching staff certainly seems to have been bared out by conditioning shells and uh, loose pads. Minds changed. All right, man. Yeah, let me own this. Um, I was really skeptical of the take of the Oregon running back. Uh, I said I wasn't sure about that, and now a lot of my skepticism to be be fair to myself, I guess. A lot of my skepticism was that you already took DJ Williams last year, a kid who's somewhat similar, doesn't appear to be a productive portal take. And I know portals is fun, but there are some consequences when you just stack up a position with prospects and you're not sure there's a path to playing time. So look, I've talked to three or four different people that have gone out of their way and unprovoked mentioned what Benson looks like. To me, that's more than enough to say that I probably need to uh, uh, be open to having my initial mind changed. And uh, I'm certainly glad. So if that's the case, I mean, they, uh, I'm guessing they probably got some workout tape or something beforehand of him prior to taking him. Right. Because man, our skepticism was not unfounded. I promise you. I mean, it was a lot of, a lot of talk from coaching staffs, both on the East and West coast about where that kid was and what he was going to project moving forward. So credit to the staff. Credit to the kid, uh, and hopefully uh, some of the optimism surrounding the running back out of Mississippi only continues. That, that doesn't mean that he's going to be a good player or even a great player. Probably said that in the wrong order. But I think what it does mean is that physically he is not out of place on this roster in pads. So that's encouraging. That adds to the depth of the room at the least, and, and we'll see before we're willing to go any further there. Uh, but you know, that's a decent running back room. Here's one for you. I thought there were a couple guys that they were really trying to push and maybe push out. And you've seen some of this stuff on social media as well with some guys taking and saying they feel like they're being put out. Maybe their positions were changed or their numbers were changed or or both in some cases. And some guys seem to have taken that as a uh, and as a hint, like, hey, ship up or ship out. And other guys take this to social media to complain. And I'm not talking about Jarvis there. Bernardo Green is one of those guys that I think they they leaned on and pushed a little bit. I was a doubter yeah. on him. For sure. And I like to me, he was not somebody who I thought was really all that great, even when he was healthy. Uh, so differing opinions there to be sure. I don't think that things that are happening on the practice field right now are real great for the guys who are not around right now. You know, like not not a whole lot of people are missing folks who who are, aren't in practice at the current moment. Bernardo Green has a potential to be sort of that like nickel defender, maybe play some corner. I'm still not fully buying in on that, but it seems like he's he's playing hard and playing with more consistency. And that's that's encouraging, man. You know, because I'm not always sold on that. 
Definitely. I mean, he looks to have responded really well. And, um, you know, whatever the, whatever the situation is with Jarvis, hopefully that gets resolved. But if you're a, <laughs> if you're a DB whose skill set is, uh, you know, that you're real good in supporting the run and maybe not great in coverage. Oh, if Renardo Green fits that, that build pretty well. I mean, defensive back is, is the one area on this team that I would be legitimately worried about. Uh, you know, losing traction if I was a kid that wasn't participating in practice right now. I mean, there's a some awful lot of athletes back there and a lot of guys that have responded well to challenges. Some have, some haven't, uh, but credit to Green. That's a kid that seems to have answered the call uh, so far. No doubt. All right, so let me see some other guys here. Uh, I know you heard some good things on McClendon recently. Yeah, Derek McClendon, a kid who's outperformed what I expected from him out of high school since day one. Uh, continue to hear positive chatter about him, not project, not trying to talk this kid up to be an All-American or anything else, but uh, had somebody on the staff recently comment to me that he's continued to evolve, continued to put on good weight, and is a guy that's uh, you know further along in the process than they thought he would be and as far as how many snaps he stands in line to take this year. Yeah, we'll see. That's a, a They've done a better job with that kid than I ever would have imagined. I really thought that he was a tweener coming out of high school, wasn't sure where his position was going to be. He looks to be on the verge of giving you a really solid year at defensive end. Uh, one thing that I've not changed my mind on yet, though, still is the speed rusher aspect of this defense. Uh, I do think they are missing uh, that still. So uh, maybe they can go and uh, look for a transfer there, potentially. Uh, it's uh, somebody who can come and give them some edge speed. I think they tried to accomplish this last year with Marcus Kushney, uh, but were unable to do so, obviously, because he wasn't able to, to play anything of significance. Uh, here's one for you. I think we both said this in the linebacker preview, and the quote was something like, hey, Tatum, Tatum Bethune's starting, right? At linebacker? He's five days. Nobody that I talk to thinks that 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 there's any real battle there. It's going mm-hmm. to be Deloach, Deloach and Bethune unless something weird happens. Yeah, good. That's that's kind of what you you needed to have. And um, two guys who can cover a little bit there. That's encouraging. I'll say again. I don't want to get too far in front of us. Initial feedback I've received from Bless Harris is fairly positive as well. So that's another portal get that you've gotten in, gotten in early. And uh, is that like a you think he's going to be a good starter or you're just comfortable that, hey, the FCS to FBS transition? And I think it's more we didn't swing and miss on this okay. kid. I don't, I don't think he's going to be an immediate starter, but they're excited with what they have there and the initial transition has been positive. I like that. I know something I'm really not changing my mind on, but if you have this experience, you can have your hopes confirmed by calling 844-FSU-LOAN. It's 844-FSU-LOAN. Make the legendary choice with Shannon and Chad, it's 844-FSU-LOAN. 300 NOLCAST listeners have done so in just over three years. Really excited to continue partnering with those guys. The best in the business. It's the customer service. It's the great rates relative to the market, helping you close fast, helping you be ready to pounce, get your pre-approval. 844-FSU-LOAN and what is still a very tight uh, Florida housing market. Not, not a lot of inventory down here, man. So you need to, you need to have your ducks in a row when you're ready to buy. Shannon and Chad can help you do that. 844-FSU-LOAN is the number to call and get a little FSU talk uh, as well from Shannon when you dial that number. A little FSU talk. And as I've said for a couple months now, if you look at what the uh, 
the Fed is about to do, I would move uh, sooner than later and certainly talk to people that are more first on this than your local fool who does a college football podcast, being myself. Uh, but interest rates are only going in one direction and talk to a professional about that if you are currently on the fence. What, give, give me, how do I say this? Because it's not like you don't trust your sources, but give me some hype <laughs> that you're just like, saying, eh, like, I, yeah, I'm not buying I, this yet. I appreciate, I, your, appreciate your feedback, but want to see more or something. That's not nearly as succinct as it should be, but yeah. Um, I think I understand what you're saying. Look, I'm not knocking kids. I'm not trying to be uh, negative or anything else. But when I've talked to people and they've brought up how good Pittman and Wilson look, the wide receiver portal takes, I just need to see more, man. Maybe it is. Maybe these kids, maybe the light has come on and these kids are, you know, performing at a level that they haven't otherwise seen. But, you know, there's like, just because you enter the portal doesn't erase what's happened previously in your football career or where you were. And, you know, there were some decent questions around those kids. And, uh, I'm going to have to see uh, a little bit more before I buy into sign of the hope or hype or whatever you want to say about it. But um, good, to, good to hear positive things. You certainly rather have that conversation than, oh, you know, Pittman. We suck again. <laughs> Pittman looks like he's 51 and Wilson doesn't want to practice or whatever. You know, I mean, that, that's not the phone call you want to take right. from, from a source on a Tuesday afternoon. So I'd rather be hearing what I'm hearing, um, but I will wait for additional confirmation. I'll put it that way. I would agree with that. That That's just them having good practices is not enough for me to overcome the previous sample set of them not being very good or not like that praiseworthy. So yeah, I'm still a little skeptical there. Another guy I'm a little skeptical of still that I just, I have to see this in a game The the impressions of the game are, are too much for me. Rodemaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I get it, but I, I just I have to see that in the game. I I, I, I can't buy into more. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, no. I, I love it. I love the kid's a great athlete, but every game setting we've ever seen, spring game included, has made you be like, "Ooh, what? Or do you just lose everything from practice to a game setting?" I mean, we'll just have some to guys are really good in the bullpen or on the range. Yeah, yeah. And when when that number gets called. Now, look, that's kind of a silly thing to say, potentially, uh, because it's a college kid and those guys can and, and do get better. And but I have no doubt that he's better than he was. I'm just not buying in quite yet. Yeah, look, man, when you throw some of the worst interceptions, and we've had some real bad interceptions thrown around here over the last uh, seven years, there's reason for skepticism. And uh, hopefully, you know, obviously a lot of things to be put there. You've got the typical <laughs> comments about a, uh, a white quarterback as far as coach's son, all that stuff. And that's true. And then you've got this, some ridiculous athletic skills. So hopefully that can all come together and, and Tate uh, or, or, you know, Rodebaker can be a, a contributor. How about, um, how about another gentleman with a last name or another gentleman with the name of Tate? I mean, are we, uh, I, I'm, I'm just happy. I'm happy that we're hearing yeah. positive things. Okay. Uh, He's still here. He's still working hard. He's had some nice flashes. Um, I'll buy into I'll buy into those things. Like good effort, still here, still determined, has not given up on himself. Mm-hmm. We'll see how much the injuries mattered. I mean, that guy was a freak athlete coming out of high school, and there was a reason why he was a five star. And it wasn't his production; it was the athleticism and the potential. And unfortunately, he's just never been able to stay healthy in college so far. 
yeah, that's that's encouraging. You want to go? Uh, what do you want to do here? We are thirty three minutes in, kind of a light week. Obviously, we have. You, you want to save the recruiting needs? I think so. I mean, I, okay. I really enjoy doing those. To be honest with you, not that I don't. I kind of do it as a whole show, though. But I like I, mean? I like letting those breathe. I don't want to you know try to rush through those. Um, okay. So let's save that. We'll do. Uh, the defensive recruiting needs similar that we did offense previously. We'll look at each position, give you an idea of what's on the roster, what'll be on the roster next year, in our opinion, and um, you know work to be done both from the high school market and the and the portal. We've got a, a list of questions, a couple of questions from Josh that we'll get to here in just a second. In the meantime, want to thank Matt Lewis and his team at Congruity. Uh, as we're fond of saying, they've been nothing but a a uh, significant boost to our little small business, and we think that they would be uh, this serve the same for you. Whether it be help with payroll, HR solutions, um, Matt is a guy who's looking to help and spend five minutes with him. You can spend two or three minutes talking about recruiting, two or three minutes talking about whether or not it would be a good fit for you and your business. But um, hey, look, we're really fortunate with the people that we've been able to work with over the years, and um, some of the, I guess. Uh, having a hard time finding the perfect phrasing, but some of the greatest feedback that we receive are people who independently reach out to us, whether it be three months, six months, whatever, after working with a sponsor. And um, we're really fortunate. I mean, the home loan partnership has been as good as we could ever hope for. And uh, congruity is matching and pairing up in kind of a similar fashion. Never going to have the same numbers that we do with Chad and Shannon, but uh, great that this has worked out as well. And uh, Matt Lewis is nothing but a, a big booster to your business. So reach out to him if you choose to via phone, 844-247-4100. You can always either email us or DM me on Twitter if you'd like a introduction or uh, Knowles at congruityhr.com is a direct email for Matt and his team. You want to go? Uh, you want to go? Josh's question is this sure. our favorite Josh? This is our favorite Josh. Yes, Let's go. All I right. love it, man. Josh says, "Couple question." Uh, seems you both have seven and five as the most likely record for 2022. I heard uh, Jeff Cameron the other day saying that if that happens, Norvell is a dead man walking going into 2023. My questions are, one, do you agree he needs to go eight and four or better in 2022 to avoid being a lame duck? Question number two is, if Florida State is set to move on after 23 or 24, do you see FSU going the Florida and Miami route where they throw loads of money at the problem with their new head coaches and assistants? And from a resource standpoint, are we even capable of doing that? Okay, so a couple things here. Number one, I did not hear Jeff say that. No, I, I don't agree that he has to be... Well, I think a dead man walking and a lame duck, I guess, are the same thing. No, I don't think that he has to go 8-4 and four to avoid being a lame duck in 2023. Because if you're here in 2023 there is always some chance that you will do well enough to save your job and thus not be a lame duck. Do I have common sense? Can I look at this and say, mm, if you go six and six or something, is it going to be hard to get a recruiting class that would give me reason to think you're going to have success in 2023? Sure. And the 2023 non-copper schedule is not super friendly, right? Ingram, I'm sure... Uh, Sure, you have that committed to memory by now, right? Yeah, challenging what he has in front of him. Here's the other thing: I know some of the biggest boosters of this school, and they are like very on board with Mike. 
to a point like they're more on board with Mike than I am. And I host the Nolcast. Their faith in him is, is uh, surprising to me sometimes, which to me tells me that he probably messaged them just how big of, of a cluster this was when he took over. Yeah. And, and he had the small group setting uh, during COVID that he was able to kind of nurture some of these relationships. I think Florida State realizes that they're, you know, got to, they've got to kind of crockpot this, which is an example or a metaphor I've used previously. I mean, you're not, I don't think with today's NIL landscape that you're going to just turn this program around with four or five star kids in a class or something like that. You're, you're going to have to build, going to have to develop. Um, here's an interesting note, bud. And maybe this means nothing. Florida state's president was uh, inaugurated on February uh, the 25th. You know, who spoke and represented the athletic department, Mike nope. Norvell at length. That's kind of interesting. I mean, I'm not saying this is some big deal, but wait. So, oh, because that was the transition period for the. It's a pretty significant sign of of institutional support. That that Alford wasn't there. Okay. Yeah, Alford was there. I don't think spoke. Uh, I wasn't there. I just talked to people that were. But the president, the uh, the head football coach, speaking rather than say what's happened in basketball or soccer or softball or you know there's a lot of a lot of successful coaches running around the athletic department uh, mike has significant institutional support behind him that's why we shot the video you can find it on our youtube channel mike Norvell is not on the hot seat so at the same time i don't think jeff or ourselves who have said something similar uh are wrong i mean there's a difference between termination and not having a whole lot of juice out on the recruiting trail, right? Yeah, I think you've got to have seven wins going into the Florida game, and hopefully you win that game. Maybe you win a bowl game, but when we talk about wins, we're talking about regular season wins. Uh, Bowls are nice, but really a glorified practice and certainly don't do a whole lot of impact on your recruiting based with how the recruiting calendar is currently put together. Right. So, I mean, Obviously, one of the problems is if you go six and six, and I talk about this in, in, in the video we shot, it is very difficult to overcome the negative recruiting that you're going to face on the recruit on the recruiting trail. Obviously, recruiting negative recruiting happens on the recruiting trail. No, I don't think he'd be on the hot seat. Yes, I do think it would be very difficult for him to succeed long term from a recruiting perspective if he were to go like like five and seven or something this year. Seven and five, I don't think kills you. It just you're not going to like level up who you're recruiting by going seven and five. Mm-hmm. Of course, I do think they have some very big NIL things coming. That's kind of to the second part of his question as far as are the resources there. Look, you know, Florida State would be nice to get Willie's contract off the books. Florida State kind of reminds me of like the Braves in baseball. You know, I mean, they've got enough money to try to be competitive, and and if they do things great, that'll work out. But they're never going to reset the salary structure, whether it be for coaches or players now that we're in the NIL landscape, they've done a good job. Some of the things that Mike put into place two years ago in the boosters are just starting to pay off as far as some of these uh, reoccurring... Mike Alford. Mike Alford, thank you. Just to use the term Mike is bad and ambiguous when we're we're also talking about the head coach. Uh, But those have, you know, they're starting to see some nice organic growth in the... um, in the donor base and engaging people at a younger level and, you know, 
your whole goal is to get the guy that's giving you 500 now to give you 50,000 in 10 or 15 years. And you've got to nurture those relationships and grow them. Um, I've said that as pessimistic as I am in the short term for Florida State, I'm almost equally as optimistic in the long term. But we're talking 20, 25 years from now as this alumni base grows, matures, and has more you know resets, uh, resources and assets to its name. But you got to try to find a way to bridge that gap. And uh, that's what Florida State's doing. Will they be able to throw resources at the a new head coaching staff or a new coaching staff? Certainly. Are they going to go out and pay somebody the equivalent of what Miami's paying Cristobal right now? I doubt it. And, and I don't know that you need to. I mean, Miami really needed to plant the flag of saying, are we in the football business or not? And for them, they did that. And congratulations. Yeah, she already pays like a lot for staff salaries, by the way. Always, I mean, I, always has. Never been lot. the problem. Never been the problem. That's an interesting question. Um, I'm kind of, like we did 43 minutes tonight. I'm kind of glad that we held off on the uh, the defensive recruiting needs. We, we we can save that for another show. Anything else we need to hit tonight? I'm trying to think. This baseball team's got some arms, man. Yep, I can I can throw. It's nice. It's exciting. It gives you big big dreams. Certainly. Uh, did we curse the hoops team when we when we praised them? When we talked about it, it was certainly bad timing. <laughs> It was it was it was certainly bad timing. It fell off. I mean, that tournament game was really disappointing, and you had a couple of efforts that this year just really made you scratch your head. We'll have to see. Basketball in the NIL era is going to be something else to watch. I mean, I think Florida State has more support there than the general belief among the fan base is. But again, resources are finite, and you and I have some some great friends who support both programs really well and yeah. have to figure out how that works out and where those dollars go and what Hamilton has done here has just been incredible. Uh, but the landscape has shifted and it'll be interesting to see what Florida state basketball looks like in the NIL era um, and whether or not they hold on to the Cleveland kid. I mean, I know it's great that he won the six man of the year award. Uh, you really need to, try to get that kid back if at all possible, develop him in year two and have him be a little bit of a piece that you could build around. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're never going to be uh, the the basketball null cast uh, per se, but uh, just been a blast to watch what that program's over the past 10 years. And, um, you know, if this is a disappointing season, which it certainly was, it's kind of reflective as to where the collective bar has been raised. All right. Well, I'm sure more interesting stuff will come up for the next show. And if not, we will fire the defensive recruiting needs bullet, which I'm actually kind of excited to talk about. So uh, hit us up with those questions. Patreon.com slash Nolcast is the place to go. And I will talk to you next time, buddy. Till then. Thanks. This has been the Nolcast. The Nolcast is created and hosted by Bud Elliott and Ingram Smith. Music by Judson Wright and produced by Justin Robinson. Go Knowles.